Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The U.S. Men's National Team are fresh off of their first competitive competition of the 2026 World Cup cycle. So what better time than now to make our first iteration of our 2026 World Cup roster projection. Now, remember when we do these videos, this isn't necessarily me predicting the roster or anything like that. I'm not factoring into account projected potential for some of these players. What we're doing is, is tracking the quality of the pool over time and seeing kind of who, who comes in and out and, and what the pool looks like at any given time throughout the cycle. So of course you're gonna see the top guys like Fularin Balogun and Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna, but what I'm not gonna do is like look at 16 year olds and project like this guy is gonna be great by the time they're 19 and in 2020. We're not doing that right now. One other fun caveat that we're doing is we're going back to a 23 player roster. I don't know how many players are gonna be selected to the World Cup roster but in the 2022 cycle we did expand to 26 players as opposed to the traditional 23 we're going to go back to the 23 for this exercise and i think you're going to be really interested to see how that shrinks the roster and just uh shrinks the available roster spots and makes it a lot more difficult to make this roster than it was in the previous cycle all that and more on this episode of the yank report what's up my name is sam this is the yank report a show all about all things american soccer if you're into that hit the subscribe button hit the like button directly support the channel become a member join the community bet online is the number one source for all your betting needs get the latest lines and matchup reports for golf baseball basketball boxing and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use promo code believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Starting with the goalkeepers, and I think as of right now, this is pretty easy. We have Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath, and Zach Staffan. They are the three keepers that are playing at the highest level right now in Europe. It's pretty easy to project that these three guys are going to be the ones that are going to be representing the United States in the 2026 World Cup, considering their age, considering how old they'll be in 2026, and considering where they're at right now. Now, there are some guys that could potentially jump into the mix. And uh, most of all is probably Gaga Slonina. Gaga Slonina is a player considered the next big goalkeeping superstar out of the United States. He was purchased by Chelsea out of MLS at a very young age. And although he's still going to be very young in, in 2026, there's still an opportunity that he makes this roster, maybe even starts. I don't know. That's the kind of potential people see in him. Let's move to the center backs, where I think we might have some controversy, maybe. Uh, I, I think... There's a clear number one that's emerged following the Nations League, and that is Chris Richards. He's going to be our big dog. And then after that, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, I have Chris Richards, Miles Robinson, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and Mark McKenzie as my four for 2026. Considering how old they are right now, the quality that they have right now, and what age they'll be in 2026, I'm pretty comfortable with these guys. Uh, and considering that some of their competition is going to be guys like Tim Ream, who is 35 right now and is probably not going to be playing professional soccer by the time the 2026 World Cup comes around, and Walker Zimmerman, who will be in his early 30s in 2026, but is already, it feels like he's kind of being uh, being phased out of this group. I just don't know if, if by the time 2026 rolls around that he's going to be in this group. Now, there's some other guys that are kind of right around there. Austin Trusty was called up into the Nations League. He's kind of in that mix. John Brooks is always a curious case, although I'll say that John Brooks seems to be at his best whenever he's playing in a back three, especially whenever he's playing centrally in a back three, where 
Uh, some of his athletic shortcomings can be supported by other players around him. If the U.S. continues to play in this four-man back line, especially a four-man back line that relies on its center backs to cover a lot of ground and be athletic and, and really engage in one-on-one duels, that type of thing just does not really suit John Brooks' game. So I don't anticipate him getting called in unless we make some pretty significant changes to the way that uh, our back line plays. And I don't really anticipate that considering the back line and the defense and defending and, and keeping the opposition from getting scoring opportunities has been the strength of the U.S. men's national team throughout the Burhalter era. Now, there's some long shots in the mix here. You got guys like Jalen Neal and Justin Shea who... Uh, are, are some of the younger prospects in the pool. The thing is, man, it, it feels like it takes so long for a center back to really develop and really get to that level. You just don't see a lot of like teenagers and really young players break through as center backs. Even Chris Richards, I mean, the difference between Chris Richards now and what he looked like uh, at the start of World Cup qualifying and a couple of years ago is just night and day. It, it takes a little bit longer for those center backs to hit that peak. Jalen Neal or Justin Shea or Josh Widener or any of those guys to really be in that position come 2026. I'm more expecting. Someone like Mark McKenzie or Cameron Carter-Vickers to raise their level even higher and really put themselves in the mix. Now we move on to fullback, and I'll admit I, there was a total cop-out here, so you could call me out on it. I have Serginho Dest, Joe Scally, Anthony Robinson, and who knows as the fourth fullback. I mean, we haven't seen one emerge at this point. I think uh, in the Nations League, we really saw Joe Scally emerge as a, as a superstar for this squad. And I think with the flexibility of Dest and Scally, the backup left back is probably Scally or Dest, kind of depending on how it goes. I can easily see either of those guys lining up in that position and have the other person cover for him. And that makes things a little bit interesting because I think the leader in the clubhouse right now for that fourth center back spot might be Sam Vines, but it also might be Brian Reynolds, uh, two players that or at least getting pretty decent professional minutes in Europe. Although I've not seen either of them really show it for the national team at that level. There's some other guys kind of floating around right now. Kevin Paredes, John Tolkien, Jonathan Gomez are all names that people kind of throw out as potentially filling that void in that left back spot. But we've yet to see them do it regularly at the professional level much less for the U.S. men's national team at this point in their careers. Moving on to the midfield, and I feel pretty comfortable about four names on this list, but once we get beyond that, it starts to, I, I, I just don't know at this point. So I have Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney, Giovanni Reyna, and then to, to fill it out, I've got Luca Della Torre, and I've got Johnny Cardoso rounding out the list. Now, there's a lot of different directions you could take this. You could add Brendan Aronson potentially as, as a midfielder and kind of play him in different spots. And I fully expect Brendan Aronson to be deployed in that spot, considering that we haven't had another midfielder really emerge at this point to take over that role. So I think he'll continue to play pull double duty until somebody sort of fills in that spot. Luca Della Torre is a guy that I think everybody thought would be the guy at this point to be one of those solidified backup eights that, that we can rely upon in those situations. I think the Canada game in the Nations League was that moment we were all sort of waiting for, for Luca to claim his spot and show his talents to this national team. He didn't really do it, and he's yet to really do it for the U.S. men's national team. He's had some really tough games. There's some games where he's performed well, but it's generally against lesser competition. We know what he does week in and week out for La Liga, so the assumption is that he'll be able to translate it to the U.S. men's national team at some point, but we just haven't seen it yet. And I'm starting to wonder if somebody might catch up and, and start competing for his roster spot at this point. One guy that I was really impressed with following Nations League was Johnny Cardoso, Johnny Soccer, the Brazilian-American who is a strong defensive player, 
but also has ability with the ball at his feet, can pick out long passes. And I think it's a pretty good two-way option for the U.S. men's national team and is is a great option if the U.S. is looking for a midfielder to come in late in the game and solidify the defensive side. I think in the previous cycle, Kellen Acosta was often that guy. And I see Johnny Cardoso as an upgrade more or less to that Kellen Acosta role. But as far as the other guys who are kind of pushing him, there's a lot of young players who are around. I, I think we'll start with Tanner Tessman, who is uh, playing in the second tier of the Italian professional league right now, Serie B. Uh, he's shown well. He's actually surpassed John Gabusio on his club. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten to see Tessman with the national team in quite some time to really figure out where he is and at what level he is, but he's definitely a name that's one to keep track of. Then there's some younger players who um, I think are really exciting. Caden Clark is one that a few years ago, we would have said he's definitely on this list, but uh, 2022 was not a kind season for Caden Clark. We didn't really see much of him at all. However, he is with Leipzig, and whether he stays with Leipzig or gets loaned out, he's likely going to get professional minutes at a pretty high level in the coming year. And if he can get some traction, there's no reason why he can't get on this uh, U.S. Men's National Team senior roster and at least throw his hat in the ring uh, for a potential 2026 player. Outside of him, I think Brian Gutierrez and Noel Buck uh, represent the MLS contingent of young players in MLS who are impressing mightily game in and game out and there's a lot of uh rumors that and speculation that those two could potentially be making moves across the pond and if they do there's no reason at all why they can't get called up and show what they can do to potentially take those spots from Luca Della Torre and Johnny at this point now we move to the winger position and this is where I really started to have some fun so you could you might be able to really call me out for the winger spot but I have Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah, Brennan Aronson, and Lucho Acosta. Lucho Acosta, of course, is the Cincinnati FC star number 10, the DP, that is currently in the process of naturalizing as a U.S. citizen. And if he does, he would be open to a U.S. men's national team call-up. Now, he's 29 years old at this point, so he would be in his early 30s by the time the 2026 World Cup rolls around. However, what he offers is a, a tool set that just, there's not a lot of other players on the U.S. men's national team that offer this, especially coming off the bench in a big, high-profile situation. Um, he is an Argentinian 10. He has phenomenal technical ability. He has the ability to score goals and set up for others. And whenever you consider some of the other players that we could potentially take in that spot, uh, there's just not a lot of other guys like that that are providing that spark from the winger position. So I think he would be a really interesting prospect and would really make uh, the competition for roster spots in that winger position much more difficult. I think Pulisic and Weah are pretty much solidified at this point as just nailed on starters, if not roster call-ups. Brendan Aronson is an interesting one. I think the uh, this the narrative on Brendan Aronson is starting to change slowly. Uh, there was a time whenever people really thought that he was going to be a big star for the U.S. Now it's sort of cooling to, to the point where he's going to be a contributor for the U.S., but we don't really know what his ceiling is going to be. Brendan Aronson is still very young, and he still has a lot of opportunity in his career left and has already accomplished a whole lot. So it's really difficult to write him off at this point. Uh, so he's definitely in my mix for that winger position. However, uh, there's some guys biting at his heels. I think Brennan's brother, Paxton Aronson, is an interesting op option at that position. A guy who is known for having sort of the tenacity of Brendan Aronson with a little bit more nuance to his game, the ability to score goals a little bit calmer as far as breaking down a low block and 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 making the right decision in that final third. Alejandro Zendejas is a player that's been getting minutes with the senior squad. Hasn't really impressed me as a guy who's going to really crack that top four. 
uh, but is right there in the mix. Taylor Booth is a player that a lot of the fan base is excited about. A lot of people think that he has the potential to be in the mix at this position. He has shown that he can play both the midfield spot and the wing spot, potentially fill in as like a 10 or something like that. He's a versatile player, and there's no reason to believe he can't get a big move in the coming years and start playing some, some eating some real minutes at a real high level and really show himself to be someone who deserves to be in this group. Malik Tillman is another one that people have very high hopes for, currently playing for Rangers in Scotland. There's a lot of noise about him potentially getting a transfer. A player that's shown some of that technical ability and some of that that knows for goal that, that we'd really love to have in this winger position. However, it's just been about consistency for him, which is something that you can understand for a player at his age. Uh, so he is someone knocking at the door in this position. He's a player that's poised for a big couple of years. And if that comes to fruition, will be very much in the mix. Then there's some of, I, I guess you call them long shots at this point, Kevin Paredes and Kate Cal. Paredes was part of the U20 squad, didn't really get an opportunity to do too much over there. He's currently playing in the Bundesliga and Though he has been getting minutes, he's not really a regular part of that club. If he's able to solidify more of a spot for himself next season, he will definitely be in the mix for a U.S. Men's National Team call-up. Cade Cowell is a player that whenever he first came out, everybody sort of dismissed him as, as a guy who's more or less just an athlete and kind of lacks that technical ability and tactical ability to really project at that next, next level. But year over year, he's just gotten better. And throughout the youth call-ups and the youth camps, he's just continued to stand out as an undeniable player. And he's, he's put together some highlight reels that are pretty outstanding. He's going to have a big opportunity with the Gold Cup coming up this summer to show what he can do. But considering his athletic ability and considering how good he's gotten year over year, there's a possibility out there that Kate Cowell is in the mix uh, whenever 2026 rolls around. We get to the striker position. And I mean, this is kind of a relief right here because for so long, this has been a pain point for the U.S. men's national team. But it really feels like we've turned a corner with the entrance of Fuller and Balogun as the top dog. I think he showed some outstanding skills in the Nations League and ends up getting the goal against Canada. Just a phenomenal talent to add to the group. And with him as the top dog, all of a sudden the, the, the striker pool feels like there's a lot more there than there was a summer ago. Uh, so my top two strikers at the moment are going to be Ricardo Pepe and following Balogun. Now, I think Balogun is damn near a lock at this point for the, the striker position in 2026. Pepe, it's a little bit more unclear. There is some competition behind him. Considering the age of all of these players in the striker pool, or most of the players in the striker pool, uh, there's just so much that can happen. Striker is one of those positions where routinely we see guys after the age of, say, 24, really starting to hit the primes of their careers and really starting to score goals in bags and bags and bags. So considering how old these guys are, there's a lot of runway for him to get a lot better. Josh Sargent, I think, is not far behind Pepe, if he's behind Pepe at all right now. Coming off of a big season for Norwich, where he was their leading scorer, uh, really proving himself as a championship-level striker. I think he had 13 goals in all competitions. There's a case to be made that Sargent is ahead of Pepe right now, but uh, I'll put Pepe ahead just for the vibes. But Sargent is right there in the mix. Uh, Jesus Ferreira is is a guy that everybody likes to hammer on right now in the U.S. Men's National Team circles. But at 22 years old and with the amount of goals that Ferreira is scoring in MLS right now, he's one of the leading scorers in the league. It feels a little rushed to write him off as a prospect. He has every opportunity to make a big move in the, in the coming months and, and potentially hit the ground running in Europe somewhere. I mean, we've seen a lot of players who are at the top of the game in MLS go on to have success in Europe. And if he's able to do that, then he would be 
very much in the mix for this striker position. That's a lot to be seen, though, to be fair. That's that's pretty far off. Uh, but it, it's not something that's completely out of the realm of possibility. Similar with Haji Wright, who is, I feel like he's he's a bit further behind some of these other guys at the moment. Uh, but considering his age and considering that he has had a successful career in Europe, albeit at some lower levels um, than some of the other guys at this point, there's a possibility that he is able to find something a little bit later on his career whenever he hits 24, 25, and really starts to show some of that potential that we thought he had whenever he was a young prospect. But as of right now, I, I think Pepe, Balogun, and Sargent are, are the, the top three. And, and I, I have Pepe and Balogun as the top two for the World Cup roster. But there's some competition. So that's my current 23 for 2026. I know I left a, a ton of players out that could potentially be in the mix. I mean, uh, some of the Gold Cup guys like Alan Sonora and uh, Aiden Morris are, are potentially out there. there. There's opportunity for those guys. Uh, I, I'm sure there's there's guys that I missed that you want to talk about. So let me know in the comment section. Let me know what your thoughts on my roster are. Who did I get right? Who did I get wrong? Uh, what are you projecting for 2026? As always, if you want the Anchor Important Podcast form, you can find it anywhere that you get your podcasts. Thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for letting me know that I uploaded the wrong video uh, in, in the last video so I could go ahead and switch that out. I appreciate that. My mistake. First time I've ever done that. Thank you to our members. The members really support the channel, support me directly. Thank you to the tier two members, Manuel Arivedes, Matthew Doyle, Matthew Hanna, Michael Baker, Dan McVeigh, Mike Irish, Aaron M., expats everywhere and Aaron Silver. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Sam and this has been the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.